about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I want to pray first. So, Father, we praise you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, I just ask that you just guide me and give me whatever you want me to speak. If you want me to not do this or do this, or just open our hearts, Lord, and help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right. Um, when he first asked me to teach, I felt like I was supposed to teach on love. And then Luann taught on love, and I thought, well, I don't need to do that. And then Maria said the Lord told her to teach on love. And I'm like, okay, well. And I still felt like he was telling me to teach on love. Amen. <clears throat> and uh, I taught it a little while back, and didn't get re the recording didn't work. I kind of wanted a copy of that for people that I really need it. Um, but first, I just want to cover a couple of other things real quick. First, when I gave the uh, <laughs> testimony about the girl that, um, the granddaughter that was, her brain was severed in the car wreck and her eyes were detached and Every organ was crushed, and he kept guaranteeing him she would live and be normal. And it got down to the flap in the throat, remember? And uh, after 10 months, the Lord, he seen it was because uh, he wasn't believing he received it. <clears throat> and the whole time, this guy hears more than anybody I've ever heard, and, and accurately hears. He's like left brain, hears audibly. And uh, even designed many things for American Airlines through the audible voice of the Lord and visions. And, uh, but through this whole ordeal, God wouldn't speak to him. And then when he was on the Sid Roth show, <clears throat> Sid Roth said, if I say one thing that's not accurate, stop me and we'll back the film up because everything on the show has to be 100% accurate, which gives you faith in Sid Roth too. <laughs> the, uh, so... <clears throat> He starts the show, and he shows the car torn to pieces, and he said this, you know, his wife and daughter were killed in this head-on collision with a big truck, and his granddaughter, was. they told him she was going to die. There's no way she could live. Her brain was floating in her head, and he guaranteed him because he heard from God, and he raises his hand. He's like, what? And he goes, I never heard anything. He says, how could you guarantee him? He says, because I believe this word. After the show, the Lord spoke audibly to him and said, this is the reason I would not speak to you because I do not want my people waiting to hear my voice. I want them to believe my word. So he had 10 months of silence because God knew he was going to be on TV giving the testimony. <clears throat> so that was pretty interesting. Um, I did want to give Kenneth Hagin... Uh, the Lord appeared to him eight times the first time he told me he was going to do healing lines. And he said, oh, no, not that. You know how they talk about those people. This is back in 1950. They really talked. We got it nice now. 
but uh, and he started doing healing lines, and then he, the next time he appeared, he said, from now on, when you pray for people, I want you to put your hand on their chest and their back, and if there's a spirit causing the disease, you fire will jump from one hand to the other. And don't ever try to get someone else's, you know, he'll do everything. We're all made up differently. Some are feelers, some are hearers, some get through thought. Just learn God, how God speaks to you. And when people say, God told me this, it's usually everybody thinks they're hearing God, and it's usually through impressions or things, but they've come to know that impression. So if you don't think you're hearing God, you probably are and don't know it. But anyway, he said, uh, and sometimes I'm going to appear to you or I'm going to open somebody's eyes in the audience to see me in some of the meetings. And, uh, and he told him, if you feel fire jump, just command it to go and it has to go. <clears throat> so the next meeting he's in, a guy comes up with tuberculosis of the spine, puts his hands on him, fire's jumping, commands it to go, says, see if you can bend over. Guy can't bend over. Puts his hands back on him, fire's jumping, commands it to go. Now see if you can bend over. Can't bend over. Does it a third time. Can't bend over. Let's him go. And I think he said something on the mic because the guy had time to get back to to the back of the church. He turns to pray for the next person, and the Lord's standing there, and he thinks everybody in the church can see him. (laughs) And he said he did not look happy, and he said, I told you, tell it to go, and it has to go. He said, Lord, I told it to go, but it didn't go. He said, I told you, tell it to go, and it will go. He said, I told it to go, but it didn't go. He said, but I said it will go. And he disappeared, and he's like, and he's shook, you know, he's like, What's he saying? <gasps> Sir, come back up here. Guy comes up, puts his hands on him, fires jumping, commands it to go, says, now, bend over. Guy bends over, healed. Because he was showing doubt, see, if. So that spirit was going back in that quick. Faith has a lot to do with deliverance. And if you're new here, we were teaching on deliverance for the last two weeks. So I'm just hitting a couple things I meant to share and forgot. Um. There's a woman that was had a, again, I, this is one of those, you can say, oh, that's pride, <laughs> like the other one I shared. I'm like, sharing so you can know and use, okay? Because you can do the same thing I do. But you can have a little doubt going on inside, but it's what comes out of your mouth and how confident you act when you're doing deliverance, I'm telling you that. So this woman that does a lot of deliverance says, I cannot get this this thing manifesting in this guy, and I prayed and prayed, and I can't get it out, and da 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 Can I bring him to church? Went right in the back room there, and I just walked over there, and I just said, you know me, I know you, and I'm not arguing with you. Come out in the name of Jesus. It's done. Got up, walked out. His friend is outside, and I'm telling you, this is a setup. <laughs> they give everybody thoughts. He's like, did you get it out? What do you think I wanted to say? We'll see. It wouldn't be out. And I just, I mean, it comes strong. I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> everything inside you saying is nothing to happen. You know what I mean? And he was delivered. And she's like, why couldn't I get it out? And I didn't go into nothing. I wasn't going to open no doors for her to go back. <laughs> Tell her that I had doubt, you know, that I just said, I don't know. But, uh. Same thing happened in the lighthouse when they used to have the meetings down there, and they were battling this thing, and one of the people that used to come here, son, 
and on and on and on. And, and Rebecca's like, so I wasn't doing nothing because I was being judged there. <clears throat> so I just walked over, said the same thing. You know me, I know you. Come on, Jesus' name. Went, sat down, it's gone. Fasting um, definitely seems to give authority. I shared about the fasting with the that death spirit leaving, coming back when I'd eat in seven days, it would leave. And then when my brother was fasting, it left. The minute he ate, it attacked me. I didn't know he was fasting. Um, but I do want to say with fasting, when you tell people you're fasting, I'm telling you, it takes the power out of it. And I'm not saying all the power, but I've seen some things with fasting. I was asked to go pray for a woman that was <clears throat> in hospice with cancer. And I showed up, and I had a guy with me, and there was a grace stronger than I've ever had in my life for fasting. Because you can have grace where you're just not hungry. That's what grace is. And if you want prayer for that afterwards, I can pray. I never had it till a lady prayed for me. Well, yeah, I had it once. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> now, what's the rule? When, when the phone goes off, you have to buy everybody in your row dinner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so then, uh, anyway, man, I just like, it was so much presence of God and strong and the guy, the lady's husband is, was real worried. We went in the chaplain thing and because uh, it's a, in a hospital, the hospice thing. And I just, I screwed up, man. I said, it's going to be all right. And I was like, I've never had this kind of grace and phew, it was gone. I was starving. And the other guy was starving. <laughs> And we kept praying, and God showed us to fast. And, man, every time we'd go in the room with her, everybody talked about food the whole time. <laughs> and then we'd end up eating, and then <laughs> it, was, it was bad. And then, uh, then I had a dream of this big mouse trap and had food on it, and, you know. And I didn't get it. I told the guy, he goes, it's obvious. It's every time we go there, they talk about it. We keep falling, you know. So... Then the Lord did something neat. It was, I didn't like it, but he gave one of us grace. And the first day it was me. And I'm like, why is he complaining like an old baby? It ain't even been a day yet. <laughs> then all of a sudden, wham, it's on me. Because he's like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then all of a sudden, I'm starving. And I usually have a pretty good level of grace. God started doing this to me about 14 years ago. Where I don't get real hungry ever. And I forgot how that feels until that day. <laughs> and it came on me like, ooh. It's like, I can't handle this. <laughs> and I'd be just about to give in, and it would, I'd feel good. Oh, I'd be like, hungry, ain't you? You should. It was, we were like, it was really funny because the whole three days. But anyway, I didn't, wasn't planning on getting over there. Just know that when you fast, a lot of people, say, well, I fasted. I'm hearing that a lot. And just know that the Bible says if you do it and you don't tell anybody, when we get on the other side, we have rewards in heaven. But if we tell someone now, even if we got the result and we tell them later, 
we just took the reward away because we got a reward here. It's, uh, I'm not going to go there, but it's Matthew 6.16. All right, Romans 15.1. I had a guy I was helping. It was just up and down so much. And uh, I lost so much work it was just costing me a lot of money but and God would just do things to show me he wanted me helping him and I'm like and you know you put all your time in you're like well when he gets better I'll get back to work and then then he would mess up again and be off or whatever so I was, I went in my room and I'm like Lord Unless you show me something in this word, I am never helping him <laughs> I am done. I probably lost $50,000 on this guy and work, and no exaggeration either. And <clears throat> this is just going nowhere, and he just keeps, and unless I open this and I look right at something that you show me, I'm done. That's it. And he had spoke to me where I heard him before, but I'm like, I got to see it in the word. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. I hit my knees. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard it later, a teaching from Derek Prince, which helped me press through things, is the way you measure <clears throat> a man's spiritual strength, maturity, is the amount, he's, the amount of people he's able to bear the weaknesses of. Not how much the anointing can come when you preach, how much people you get healed. That's not spiritual strength. That's us moving in our gifts. But it takes a lot bearing others. And if you're getting in deliverance, you're going to be bearing. Don't get in it if you don't think you're ready. Uh, forget everything else I was going to say there because I'm not going to have time to do my teaching. All right, teaching on love. For time's sake, you may want to just let me <clears throat> go through the scriptures and not have to just let it flow. Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So what does this mean? We've got to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our creator, king of the universe, said this is the most important thing in the Christian walk. And uh, I know Bob Jones had a uh, death experience where he died. He physically was dead. And uh, God, he was in heaven, and the Lord told him quite a few things that actually happened exactly like he told him, but he said that the Lord asked everybody the same question, did you learn to love? It's funny how we were teaching on arthritis and unforgiveness, and this is 1973. He said the lady in front of him had arthritis, and when he said, did you learn to love, she said, 
I loved you, but I didn't love your people. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't, I'm like, wow, that's. First <clears throat> Corinthians 13, one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am nothing. I am becoming sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. Have you ever heard someone that prays in the spirit a lot, seems very strong, bold, and if you needed prayer, you would call them, but you really don't like hanging around them? They're just so rigid and that's because they've locked into battle mode and they're not, they're lacking on the love department. That's usually what that is. First Corinthians 13, two. <clears throat> and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith <clears throat> so that I could re remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. So let's break that verse down. Imagine if you had the gift of prophecy stronger than anyone on the planet. Every church in America was trying to get you to come. You're booked five years out. <clears throat> you can stand up 5,000 people in a row and move in the gift perfectly. But if you have not love, then it profits you nothing. And though you know all mysteries, that even, say, the secular community and the talk shows are having you on because you understand all mysteries. And you have not love, it profits you nothing. You have enough faith, you could pray. Every time you pray for the rain to stop or rain to come, happens. People are bringing you to where droughts are, and you can call the rain in, and you have not love. It's nothing. It's clear. It says it right there. I'll just read the verse again. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, all mysteries, and all knowledge, that's huge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, imagine you could go out and then you didn't have to clear land anymore. You could just <laughs> move them. <laughs> and have not love, I am nothing. It's pretty huge. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. So imagine you just gave everything away. You went to one of these foreign countries, and then they dragged you out because you're preaching Jesus tied you up, pour gas on you, burn you to death, you get to God, Jesus stands there and says, you didn't love your brother. All that prophecy you nothing. It'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? <clears throat> so what is this love God is expecting us to walk in? <clears throat> A whole lot of Christians are calling things God loves that are actually not God's love. God's love is not needy. Many times when we say, I love you, we're saying, I need you. You fulfill me. You make me complete. I can't live without you. That's making someone into an idol. It seems innocent, but it's breaking the first commandment. Then you wonder why your prayers aren't answered. <clears throat> That's not loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. It's loving your spouse with all your mind, all your heart, and all your soul. 
That's the kind of love that makes people want to kill themselves when somebody leaves. The true nature of God and his love would not make anybody feel like killing themselves. There are spirits involved in this, big time. And even if you're a godly person, the enemy is so strong in this arena and with our TV and all the romance stuff and all the stuff going on, there's just a lot of spirits involved in this. And I've just helped a lot of people in this stuff. There's, and most people won't even receive truth when you try to give it to them because they believe their feelings are God, you know? And the enemy works in feelings and thoughts. We've learned that. Feelings and thoughts, feelings and thoughts. That's where he works. <clears throat> That's a needy love coming out of self-pity. <clears throat> that kind of love creates a vacuum in people. And when they're single, they think they just need a spouse to fill the void. And unfortunately, they usually marry someone else. Picture, I always say, picture a basketball cut in half going in your chest. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the needy thing, and you meet the woman, and she's got the same thing. Then you got twice as big. First, you're fulfilling each other's little problem there, and then pretty soon the other one ain't fulfilling your need, and then you're not fulfilling hers because that needy thing will not get fulfilled. And I've seen Christians that were walking with God for single for many years and then they get married and six months later they're divorced because they never had to work on their stuff because when you're by yourself you don't get stirred up like when you have a mate you're going to get your stuff stirred up you don't even know you have it <laughs> it's this kind of love that if a parent gets a job overseas you're leaving you, you're going to leave your mother what about me you know that's not a godly love You can't have God's love without having the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> We've all walked in this counterfeit love before we were filled with the Holy Spirit. The problem is most of us are operating in a mixture now. We've got to recognize the difference between God's love and the counterfeit. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love suffers long. That's sure not sensual love. Sensual love won't put up with anything unless it's getting something in return. And let me say this. I was a very uh, sensitive person from first grade, needy. I'd be in love with one girl for four years, just never talked to her, though, because I had fear of man, <laughs> fear of rejection, <clears throat> and, uh, and beat myself up all night, feel like killing myself because I wouldn't talk to her. I'm going to talk tomorrow, and i go, and that thing would manifest. And I didn't know what it was. And uh, I was real good to my girlfriends. You could talk about any of them. If you ever met anyone I dated, they say, he's the most loving person. But it wasn't a godly love. See, I was loving, out of, I was idolizing her and wanted to please her because it pleased me to have her. You know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't a... In the mount, you love someone, you don't have sensual feelings is where you can recognize how much God love you have. Love is kind. I looked up kind. 
<clears throat> it means show oneself useful, benevolent, which means tender-hearted, compassionate, tolerant. Are we tolerant of others? Love envies not. That means we never look at another person's possessions and wonder why they're blessed and we're not. And there's scriptures about looking at the lost people's possessions. That's even getting worse and wondering why they're blessed and we're not. Which is, you know, you're tithing and you're like, why am I having trouble? And the drug addicts next door got all kinds of new cars. Well, you know, and uh, they're on their way to hell. We got to get a reality here. <clears throat> and the devil will bless people. We never compare ourselves to what someone else has or how someone else looks. <clears throat> Love vaunteth not itself. That's to brag on yourself or your possessions. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly. That means rudely. Love seeks not her own. Do you always want to have your way? You always thinking about yourself? Love is not easily provoked. That's, do we snap at people? Love thinks, doesn't think evil. Are you always noticing the wrongs of others? Because it's very easy, I've shared this in deliverance classes, very easily to see, especially you start learning how spirits act, you know, like self-pity, rejection, you're like, very easy to see that stuff once you understand and you start hearing the lingo, you know, it's like the what if is future is fear, what if past is self-pity, what if I had different parents, what if I married a different person, all that stuff. So you pick it up really quick as you start really getting it down and it's very easy to fall in judgment and God wants us to look at someone's heart because that stuff ain't them. And we're to be rescue them. And people in deliverance, when I was first in deliverance, I had a lot of people, for some reason, that found out they wanted to go with me while I did deliverance. And they're like, I've done that before. I want to do it. And I'm like, it's not about the demons. It's about the person. So if there's an 80-year-old woman getting beat up with a purse outside, I'm not going to go, Hey, you see them guys? You like fighting, Tom? Let's go fight these guys. You know, you're going to be like, this poor woman, I'm going to rescue her. That's deliverance. You're like the person you're trying to help, not focusing on the stuff you get now. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love hears all things. Love believes all things. Oh, that's a hard one. I never thought about that. What about when somebody lies all the time? I don't know. I have to talk to the Lord about this one. <laughs> Love hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. I'm sorry. Luke 6, 27. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Can you imagine if we all did this? If the church really would do this, I believe it would change the world if everybody in a church tomorrow started doing this. 
they would sure think different of us. <clears throat> we don't want to argue back. When someone yells at you all the time, when you yell back, the way those spirits work, they may have a bad attitude, but when you yell back, all they remember is you yelling at them. They don't remember what them things, how they are yelling at you. And then they just, then them demons tell them how you hate them and everybody hates them and how bad life is for them and blah, blah, blah. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. And bless, I used to, you know, go, Lord, bless them, you know. Okay. And you feel that twinge, like, I really don't want to bless bless them. But then I realized one day, no, if I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless Latasha. You know, here's my friend. I'll take her over a cake or something. Do that. Mow your neighbor's grass that screams at you. Do something. You'd be surprised what happens, too. Just, I've done a bit of that. And unto him which smites on one cheek, offer the other. We can't even handle someone cutting us off in traffic. <laughs> Let alone someone's going to come and slap you. Well, I'm not going to let anybody abuse me. I'm just giving you the word. <clears throat> and him that takes your cloak, which is your shirt, I believe, <clears throat> forbid not him to take your coat also. Now that's going too far. One thing I'm not going to put up with is a thief. <clears throat> Give to every man that asks. Wow. And him that takes away thy goods, ask them not again. You know, this. <laughs> there's so much simple. We've got too far into the Greek and Hebrew and all this crazy teaching. And if we just do this little stuff, the gospel would come alive. And getting people healed, delivered, and loving people. I mean, people would love the church. I mean, it's gotten a little crazy, you got to admit. Church. I don't mean our church, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't be allowed to teach if we were that. <laughs> and as you would that men should do to you, do unto them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? For sinners love those that love them. And if you do good to them that do good to you, what reward do you have? For sinners also do the same. And if you lend to them and hope to receive again, what reward do you have? For sinners lend to sinners to receive the same again. But love your enemies do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Don't use the Bible self-applicable. <laughs> I've watched people turn scriptures and don't go borrow money and then tell them, no, you shouldn't ask for it back. You're a Christian. <laughs> I had someone do that to me. And unfortunately, I took the money on a credit line that I needed to pay back. And he kept, gets the Bible out and reads that scripture to me, you know, and trying to tell me I shouldn't be asking for the money back. I'm like, <laughs> uh, Christians need help <laughs> uh, I'll see where I was but love your enemies do good to them 
and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. What more reward can we have of that? For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. Mark twelve thirty three. says to love them with your whole heart and with all your understanding and with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices so you can come put 10 grand out of your pocket in the offering but are you is your neighbor you know people suffering, need food, need a cheap used car, whatever, you know, we're watching people suffer. The gospel's so simple. <clears throat> to love them with your whole heart, and read again, and with all your understanding, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Just imagine you're on the 10th day of a 21-day fast, <clears throat> and you're breaking down saying, Lord, I need some help here. I'm starving. I don't think I'm going to make it. <clears throat> and the Lord says, I'd rather you bake a cake and take it to your neighbor that you can't stand. <clears throat> God loves our enemies. God says, you're to bless your enemies. We're to bless our enemies. I'd rather say that one. <clears throat> when was the last time we really blessed our enemy? When I first got this, I rode by, there was a guy that really screwed me over, and I stuck money in his mailbox. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <clears throat> that doesn't mean, oh, I bless him. It means really bless him, like you would your good friend you want to bless. Again, if every Christian did that tomorrow and bless the people they're arguing with this country would change quickly God's love doesn't take offense we're not allowed to take offense against anyone this can cause all kinds of sickness as we've talked about some in the last few days <clears throat> a lot of cancer from unforgiveness not all but a lot <clears throat> I'm going to share a couple of testimonies I shared just for the CD's sake. <laughs> um, it was 19 women with breast cancer at one meeting when Thurman cheered on that being from unforgiveness towards a female <clears throat> and right breast is for some reason. And the Cancer Institute figured out the right left thing. I think it was Duke's University because they came in wanting to know how he's getting thousands of people healed. And... Uh, he just gave them the info, and they went and did case study on 1,100 people. And they came back with right and left, right, and it's felt true in the 21 years I've been doing this. The uh, left breast is female relative, bloodline, and right breast is female friend, usually in-laws. Just you know, they're hard <clears throat> because I don't want to take too long. 
the enemy is in a lot of relationships. The passive man, like I come out of passivity. Every woman I have is super dominating. My brother's passive. All his wives were super dominating. My mom dominated through manipulation. And my dad was passive. My granddad was passive. My grandmother was dominating. All my mom's sisters are dominating. And when you look at relationships and you start learning this spiritual aspect of this and you understand spirits that can attract you to people like they're you have if you're a woman it's mostly women five men lined up and there's that one that just has that mm, well that's usually that other kingdom and there's something there the woman this abuse will be on her third marriage says my dad abused me and my first husband abused me and my second husband abused me and this guy was so nice and now he's abusing me why does this keep happening because you're getting attracted to the one that has those spirits of abuse because you got a victimization spirit and they will keep attracting and uh, I forget totally why I got over there <laughs> what was I talking about <laughs> oh left right so anyway <laughs> the uh, when he taught on uh, the breast cancer <laughs> I still don't know why I was over there the uh, all 19 women were healed they recognize so 19 out of 19 is pretty good another time there was a woman that came up and said I heard what you taught and I don't have any unforgiveness towards any female and they said ma'am I pray for thousands and it's never been wrong I, the odds are greatly against you it says well you're wrong and da, da, da. their wife stands up let me talk to him honey turns this is the guy that hears audibly so much says uh Lord, you said if any man asks wisdom, let him ask. And I'm asking. says, ask her if her husband had an affair. He turns around. Wait a minute, honey. The Lord spoke to me. Did your husband have an affair on you? Yeah, 14 years ago. 12 minutes and two seconds is the lesson. The Lord said, ask her if she... And she goes, but I forgave him. said, ask her if she forgave the female. Did you forgive the woman? She's like, ah, I'll never forgive her. And he said, ma'am, you can get your breast taken off, get chemotherapy, and maybe die where you can forgive her, and that's up to you. She said, wow, you just made that easy. And uh, she forgave, and tumor disappeared. That's, it's very common when you go to either these ministries doing this. There are usually people there that they're disappearing out of. But uh, let's just move on. <clears throat> Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For that he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. The curse of the law is where all sickness and disease is. It's all the way down to hemorrhoids, Deuteronomy 28. <clears throat> yes, Jesus died for the curse, just like he died for salvation, but is everybody saved? No, because they have to appropriate it. He also died the curse. He gives authority over sickness, but we have to appropriate it.
the problem is the body isn't walking in love. Like I said, you can't, if someone's in unforgiveness, you can't get spirits out of them. Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, the lust, I'm sorry, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. <clears throat> so when are we not under the law? When we're led of the Spirit. When we go into sin, we go back under the law. Sorry. But we have grace, which grace is the empowerment to overcome sin, but also we aren't stoned by nightfall. Because <laughs> many of the sins people are in, they'd be stoned by nightfall. <laughs> and God has way more grace on new believers. The uh, As you go more along, you don't get away with... It's like a new believer can even have unforgiveness to get healed sometimes, but somebody that knows and been doing it 30 years, usually you cannot get them healed when they got unforgiveness. I gave a bunch of testimonies about that in the last two days. I'm not going to give any. Five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of thee which I tell you before, as I told you in times past, they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And you flick the word do up as habitually do as a way of life. Uh, you can have two people doing the same sin. Say you got two couples who are going to get married in, say, two years. <laughs> you got one couple, they're trying to remain, and they mess up, and they're like, oh, Lord, forgive us, forgive us. You know, then a month later, they mess up again. They're like, oh, we got to... And their heart's convicted, and they're not habitually doing it. The other couple, they don't care. They may even be doing it less but they don't care, they're not going to not do it. They're just going to turn their back on what the Lord says. Now, he's habitually doing it as a way of life, and the Holy Spirit's lifted. He's not even convicted anymore, which is a scary place to be. But uh, so you have, we don't know what's going on in somebody. When we see someone, if you understand spirits, the one can look way worse than a problem, but be really trying to battle it because they have a real stronghold. So we just have to love people, man. Show them what's up. <clears throat> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Long-suffering. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ 
have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I see a lot of people exercising kingdom rights a lot of times. And God wants relationship. <clears throat> you wouldn't want a kid that's just, every time he's in the house, go, well, you said you were going to give me this, and you said you are going to give me that. Well, that's, and da-da-da-da, or you do your homework, and I'll buy it. Did you do your homework? No, but you said you're going to get it. Like, no, I said if you do your homework, I would buy you that toy. <laughs> and uh, God wants a relationship, you know, and we do have the rights. And he does answer people doing that a lot of times, and a lot of people can't get answers, wonder why. I'm like, you don't even know him. You spend no time with him, and you're living in sin. You're not going to be able to just say that as a mantra and get the results of it. James 4.3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. I got it. Can I just tell a funny story real quick? <laughs> I think I so I got one page left. This is totally off track. I just think it's hilarious. <clears throat> I might have told this in here once. <clears throat> the, uh, there was a guy back in the 70s, radio time was really cheap. So a lot of people got it. <clears throat> there was a lot of radio preachers. And there was this guy that was an alcoholic. <laughs> And he had a radio time. They'd wake him up, get him sobered up, and he'd go on the radio. <coughs> and he'd say, I don't need, I don't, I didn't have no education. I don't need, or, you know, and I, uh, I got the Holy Spirit, and I don't, like he just self-learned from the Holy Spirit, and he, uh, he didn't have much education. <laughs> and he's reading the Bible. <laughs> He goes on there. He says, and you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask Amos. And you can't ask Amos because he's in the Old Testament and he's dead. You've got to ask Jesus, a living prophet. <laughs> and he goes on for like 15 minutes preaching on Amos. And <laughs> uh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Larry Randolph told the story of his uncle or his uncle. Jesus said, Matthew 5.44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them which hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. John 15.10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. New Testament. If we keep His commandments and by, we abide in His love. This is my commandment, Jesus speaking, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has nobody than to lay down his life for his friends. These things I command you that you love one another. Matthew 5.44 but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them which hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And I'm just not giving you time to go there, really. <laughs> just a few here. I think you just want to let them sink in. Luke 6, 32. <clears throat> 
For if you love them which love you, what thank have you? For even sinners love those that love them. But love your enemies and do good to them and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. Do we really believe we're getting a reward? And you shall be children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. It says that over and over. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him, and make our abode to him. John fifteen seven, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall have you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So do we abide in him? I was talking to someone a couple days ago and it's well I asked the Lord this, I'm like, how much time do you spend? And I said did you open the Bible in the last month? I'm like, I know you haven't. No. Do you talk to him? Do you? He wants a relationship. It's because you want this, the thing he didn't want. <laughs> you think he's just going to answer you. We abide in him by living by his word and walking in his love. That's it, but I'm just feeling the Lord wants me to Philip's was still his testimony again. Maybe somebody wasn't here. I don't know. The uh, Thurman Scrivener was asked to go pray for the, this lady's grandson, 15 years old, brain cancer, said he wasn't going to make it. And he goes down there. The dad's there. The mom's not. And <clears throat> he says, uh, where's your wife? Well, she's not going to come up. Are you all fighting? Yeah, I don't think we're going to work this one out. He says, well, what if I told you that's why your kid's over there dying of cancer? He said, are you out of your mind? I've been in church 30 years. I ain't never heard something crazy in my life, all my life. He says, right there in God's word, Matthew 18. I'm going to read it. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. That's equal to $44 million, today's money. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, and all that he had. So as we turn over the enemy, wife, children, family, and finances, <clears throat> and payment to be made. The servant... Therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, please have patience with me, and I will repay thee. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him all his debt. 
the same servant found somebody that owed him 100 pence. And that's equal to $55. And he begged him to give him time, and he grabbed him by the throat, had him thrown in prison. So the king drew him in and said, Then his Lord, after he called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. That's us getting saved and forgiven everything. Because you desired me. Should not you have had compassion on your fellow servant and had pity on, as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth. This is Jesus talking. And delivered him to the tormentors. Okay, tormentors? Sound familiar? Till he should repay all of us do. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do to him. <clears throat> so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your heart do not forgive everyone their trespasses. And he says, call your wife. He says, she won't come. Just call her. She comes up. Tells her, she's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, you're telling me, because I won't forgive this idiot, my son's going to die. He says, that's exactly what I'm telling you. She goes, are you telling me if I forgive this idiot, God will heal him? He says, I guarantee it. And then that hit her right between the eyes when he guaranteed it. And then she just started bawling. Her husband starts bawling. They hugged and made up. He just walked over and put his hand on the sheet, said, you demon of cancer, you got no more right to be in this child as long as they're walking in love. you got to come out. Next day, the kid walked out of the hospital. They couldn't find nothing in him. <clears throat> and I don't know why it's, maybe it's for the CD. I don't know. I thought I was supposed to share that again. But that's the end of my message on love. hope it was okay. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Father, help us to walk more in your love, Lord. And if anybody needs any prayer, I'd be glad to pray for you. Um, that's the most attack I've had. The other ones are flowing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, okay, is the enemy hate this message or what's going on? <laughs> the whole time I'm reading, I'm like, but uh, anybody need prayer? Oh, I want to say one other thing I forgot. In deliverance, a lot, a lot, a lot of times there's a belief problem, okay? The enemy's always going to give you thoughts. Someone came up to Kenneth Hagin, pray all these thoughts. He said, we well, want me to pray for you to be six foot under? <laughs> no. I said, that's the only way that's going to happen. As long as you're on this earth, you're going to get hit. But the problem is when they hit, they hit you in places where you got a wrong belief system, you're not believing right. For example, can I pick on you? It's going to be picking on now. I don't want to get nobody mad at me. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I don't know. I'm just going to think of some things. <clears throat> All right. Now, what I want, I don't want you to say scripture or what you do when this happens. This, All I want is this is when the enemy, this thought comes in your head, what you feel. Okay? If this thought came. You're a man. <laughs> wait, wait. What's the thought? Yeah, I can't even think about being a man. Oh, but the 
enemies telling me I'm a man. That come in your head. You so the first thought, strong man arms? No, it would be like that's ridiculous. Like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to say back? Yeah, I'm just wanting oh, to know laugh. what goes on. Yeah. Okay, I laugh. Okay, okay. Do it again. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, no, I'm ready. Put... I'm ready, okay. Are you ready? Here I go. Natasha, you're gay. Oh, I almost said that too on the mic. No way. No. Okay. Some of the people don't like your preaching because you're black. Might be true. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you were honest. That's what I was looking for. See? See? The enemy is going to tell her that. The enemy is going to tell her things, or you, everyone in here, is going to tell you things where you have an open door to attack. So a lot of times in deliverance, you're going to be wasting a whole lot of time and I felt like that was part of the thing with your daughter because she got a delivered a asthma and a bunch of stuff Sunday and they started praying for her daughter and asked me to help and I just it was a belief thing and I just knew that's why the Lord told me to stop <clears throat> but there was just a testimony on this anybody heard of Mel Bond okay he's somebody that sees in his mind's eye sees <clears throat> the demonic he's on Sid Roth if you want to go look at him he's got crazy neat testimonies blind seeing a lot a lot a lot of miracles following <clears throat> and he'll just look at you and say you there you have a I see a demon on your left ventricle you got a clogged left ventricle yeah I'll pray and they get healed and <clears throat> he does that a lot but when he was first in ministry the uh, he started getting attacked by demonic stuff and he thought he heard the Lord say fast three days and it was seven days then it was 21 days when he got to the, and then it was 40 days and then I think he was over the 21 and and then the Lord broke in it wasn't the Lord talking to him it's the demonic and he said some demons only come out by reading the word and if you're trying to get somebody delivered that's not in the word you, you may get a delivery, but it's probably going to come back unless it's, there's certain ones that are just easier and aren't as bad as coming back. Epilepsy is a pretty easy one. I never really had a problem with that one, as long as they have forgiveness. The, uh, there's no root to that one. Not like osteoporosis, those other ones we covered. Um, so anyway, that's it. God bless y'all. We got to get our belief system right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.